The ghost of Christian Harris stared at me, his hands held out in a pleading gesture. His words were a bit choked, but I understood him well enough. As he spoke, the rope burns around his throat glowed red, though that could have been a trick of the light. I'm sorry I threw things at you, he said. Whatever you do, please don't tell my mother. She deserves to know, I said. We stood in Christian's bedroom. According to his father, he'd killed himself after his girlfriend dumped him, but I got the impression he didn't mean to go through with it. I suspect he simply wanted attention. Most of the time, suicides have decided they're through with everything, so when they die, they're gone. Whatever unfinished business pushed them to take the coward's way out makes them even more eager to move on to their next station in death, whether it's the underworld or reincarnation or simply dissipating into the ether. I've seen all three in my time. Esther popped into view wearing her standard flapper dress. She died back in 1929, and she's still around. She said the years on her own were boring, so she loved to help me with my various investigations. She didn't like seeing other ghosts, so she'd initially refused to come along on this case, but I was persuasive. She hasn't learned to channel her ectoplasmic energies, so she can't change the channels on the TV or operate the remote. She was addicted to Doctor Who that summer, and she had a major crush on David Tennant, so she needed me to set her up with hours of entertainment. Yes, I actually threatened to keep the television off. Sometimes drastic measures are required. All right, Esther, I said. If you can keep Christian company, that would be great. Esther glanced at him and shook her head. You want me to stay with this flat tire? You can take off anytime you want, but you'll miss out. You're up to the silence in the library. It's a great episode. But if you don't want to watch it... Oh, just dry up, she said. I'll watch the dopey old bird. I don't want a babysitter, Christian said. Too bad, so sad, I said. I took out my keys and placed them on the dresser. Esther is bound to her old typewriter and needs to be within 15 feet of it, or at least a part of it, so I keep one of the typewriter keys on my keyring. I turned back to Esther. Keep him up here. If he starts throwing things again, let me know. He can throw things? Damn near hit me in the head with a baseball bat. Esther smiled and faced Christian. Can you teach me to throw things? I left them there and went downstairs to the kitchen. A woman in her mid-thirties leaned against the counter, smoking a cigarette and blowing smoke out the open window. Most of the smoke blew right back into the house, but she didn't seem to notice. Smokers. Mrs. Harris, I said. She turned toward me, her eyes drooped in her long face as if the weight of the mascara pushed them down. Are you finished up there? Not quite. I know what the problem is, but I'll need you and your husband to make the call. Harry's still at the car lot. Harry was short for Harrison, but that wasn't much better in my view. Harry Harris or Harrison Harris. Some parents were just cruel. In any case, Harry hired me and he insisted I keep his wife in the loop. He kept hearing weird sounds coming from their dead son's bedroom. Along with the noises, there were typical poltergeist activities such as unlocking or locking windows and doors, knocking over stacks of dishes, turning off the television at key moments of a good show. I could get rid of the ghost for them easily enough, but there were a few options, and I'd need the Harris family to make the choice. The fact that Harry was working right now wasn't going to get Mrs. Harris off the hook. That's why Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone, I said. I heard someone beat him to it, she said. Maybe, but Bell still gets the credit. She took a long drag on the cigarette and blew the smoke out the side of her mouth, and didn't go anywhere near the window. Harry hates it when I smoke in the house, she said and he always seems to know when I do. It's the smell, I said, dead giveaway. You don't smoke, do you? No, ma'am. 
You can call me Aubrey. All right, Aubrey, here's the deal. I hesitated. Do you want to sit down for this? She shook her head and drew on the cigarette again. Why should I sit down? Because the information might be disturbing. She laughed, but it wasn't a laugh of humor, more of disgust. Right, and here it comes. What's that supposed to mean? Harry hired you because you handle, what do you call it, paranormal cases. That's right. So you come over here, walk through the house, toss a few things around, and come down to tell me it's going to cost several thousand dollars to get rid of some ancient spirit from the nearby Indian burial ground. This is Lakewood, I said. I don't think there are any Indian burial grounds around here. Fort Logan Cemetery, then. The ghost of an unknown soldier is haunting us, and you can get rid of him for a price. Actually, it's your son. She glared at me. She and her son had the same eyes.